Welcome. Hi. Guess what and guess where I'm at. This is the side of Front Street you don't really see, but that's where we are. Front Street Studio. If you've been following me, which you should, if you haven't, shame on you. Uh, follow me, Pedge the Maniac, on all social media platforms. At Pedge the Maniac. <laughs> Thank you, Radine. That's the only reason she's here. <laughs> um, of course, subscribe to this podcast, Fumble Podcast. Guys, it's season five finale. Yo. Episode 107. Jeez. We are here. Here we are. Now, if you guys have dug deep in the vault of Fumble Podcast, you would have seen that episode eight was with my man Dennis McBride, who runs this studio. And at this very moment, he's pulling in all of the furniture because it's pouring down rain here. Yeah. In June. In June. Yes. That is a very rare thing, but we love the background sound and aesthetic. It's very pretty, and uh, it's cooling it down here because it was really hot. Yeah. Um, now, let's focus on the actual task at hand for this episode. My really good friend uh, that I'm fortunate to have as a result of me making the change in my life that I mm. needed to a long time ago, and mm -hmm. this is a gift that is a confirmation that I'm going the right direction and that I should continue to do that. Mm. Um, her name is Raydeen. Hello. Hi. Welcome, Raydeen. <laughs> she just gave me her full name, and I'm trying to remember it. Raydeen Nicole yep. Roberta yep. Harberth. Oh, boom. There you go. Nice. Goes. And I pronounced it right with my accent. Hey. That's good. <laughs> um, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Dude, this is amazing. I'm happy you're here. Um, Raydeen, you hosted uh, Saturday Night Comedy Music Night. I did. Last Saturday. Last Saturday. It is Saturday right now for mm -hmm. those uh, keeping score. This episode uh, at the time of the viewing will be uh, Tuesday, the 13th. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we're recording it here. We just thought, and that background noise, if you hear it, it is people uh, oh. <laughs> freaking out over over a bug. There's no, a bug. Multiple. There's it's like 15 roaches. There's 15 roaches <laughs> in the background. It's beautiful. You get everything here at Front Street. Amazing. Yes. But it all stems from love as they kill those roaches. <laughs> we will not incriminate them. We will not say who it is. No. <laughs> um, oh, jeez. Radian, do you have a phobia of roaches? Um, I have a phobia of, of, of small things yeah. I can't see. Yeah. Um, as well as like stinging bugs. Stinging bugs is a huge one. Yeah. Hornets, wasps. That's why I have a, a fear of needles. Like every time they put needles in, I'm like, I can't, I can't look. Literally, I cannot look at it. Yeah. And so then did, did you did, did not get the vaccine because of it? I did. I oh, did. You did get it. Oh, I've wow. gotten everything I needed to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Opa. Opa. <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, so needles. Yes. Needles scare you. They do. I have a fear of needles. I uh, fear of heights, but I still like pursue the heights. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know stuff heights. like that. That's, yeah. That's a, okay. What about you? What's your what's what what makes you scared? Intimacy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How Abandonment. Did you know? How did you know? <laughs> hey, same. <laughs> Commitment. Trust. Not. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> I guess my phobia would be water. Actually. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, uh, like ocean. Ocean, specific yeah. ocean. Yeah, yeah. What about like Lake Tahoe? Like go, if you go there. I haven't like, gone in the water there. Got it. Which we were trying to do. We were. Yes, that and then I pushed out. Like <laughs> so many people. In fact, the plans fell through at two a.m. I was at um, Thelonious, another comic. Yeah. I was at her birthday party, and Marcian was there, and it was supposed to be. It got down to Marcian, myself, and Lisa Latchin. Yeah. And Marcian and I were there. It was two a.m. We're supposed to leave at six a.m. And I look at it. I was like, "What if we just like not go?" <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, that sounds great." And then we messaged uh, Lisa, and I was like, "Hey, Lisa, would you be terribly upset if we didn't go?" And she was like, "Thank." God, I've been laying here stressing about it. So we just didn't go, which was, it's all right. Things will happen as they are meant as to happen. They're meant to happen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I do want to be a part of that the next time you yeah. plan it. Absolutely. Uh, wait till it gets really cold so that everyone has to really step up. <laughs> and your fear of water. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. Like? Well, see, Lake Tahoe water doesn't bother me as much because it's, it's kind of like a circle. It doesn't lead to, un oh, it doesn't the, lead to unknown. The void, the yeah. abyss. So how, if I can ask, how about fog? If you're in fog, does that kind of transcend I've, that? I've driven in fog and I've driven in East Coast fog, which okay. is a whole different animal. I bet. And it's like, you literally are driving against a white screen <laughs> and you're just like, I hope I don't hit anything. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so, but even with that, um, I would say getting taken away by, by the ocean, like the, the monstrosity that lives with So it's the currents, it's the undertow, yeah. it's got it. It's, it's being fully unable to do anything and you're fully aware of it. You yeah. can't be like, you can't swerve a car, right. you can't walk anywhere, you're just in the water. You wanna hear a crazy story because Absolutely. this whole podcast isn't even about you, it's about me. No. Yep. It's, uh, I'll, give it, I'll make it quick. Uh, I was in Kauai. We were in the at the beach, we go in, there's water there and obviously, and then I get caught in a uh, what do they call it uh, a current uh, not a, is it a current it's called a current I think uh, there's this, I know what term it's kind of where like it goes out and about and around yeah, and, you gotta, and you gotta go with it yes yeah. Which, oh. yeah and I I'm just doing my thing and yes. then I realize there's the <laughs> there's the shoreline and I was here five minutes ago <laughs> and then I look back and I'm like way back there dude <laughs> The best part about that is okay. that I didn't know I was in a current because it actually allowed me to stay calm. Like, <laughs> instead of me actually thinking what's really happening, I yeah. just had, I got competitive instead. I was like, <laughs> gonna fight this the bitch water. has water, is not going to hold me back. You don't know me. I'm Pej the maniac. <laughs> I wasn't the maniac yet. I was, <laughs> but uh, I'm like, you know, doing strokes like hella hard. Like, you know, I got this. Nothing, right? And then my ex at the time, I see her, she's just escaped it and she's over there. I'm on a little like kids like <laughs> waterboard, you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> and then I just see the uh, lifeguard like coming to me. Like, this is the worst thing ever, man. Like, and I'm like yeah. sitting there crisscross applesauce on his board going back. I'm like, hey, what the hell was that? Yeah, I'm like <laughs> complaining to him like it's his fault. The lifeguard's like, this tan howley, I can't believe he did this. <laughs> It got locked. Oh, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. No, it's you're all good. good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that was my. But what's crazy is that doesn't. That's not the reason why I have a phobia of okay. water. The reason is because um, when I see the water at night, especially, mm. and then I see how it just goes and then it disappears, like that edge of the end. Yes. Which isn't the end. Yes. Right. 
it's actually it's the earth turning exactly right yeah and to me to me foolishly i think you fall off or something oh, okay right i know yeah, it, yeah. it's it's nonsensical but it's the phobia right uh, so i mean <laughs> it's, that's what you know the human race thought for however many years until we're like uh you know yeah spare the you know few people who are like the flat earthers maybe maybe that's what you're scared of you're scared of uh being a flat earther or you are a flat earther <laughs> no i'm are not you, a flat earther are you afraid of the truth <laughs> <laughs> that i'm not intimate <laughs> <laughs> that I'm uh let's unpack this <laughs> <laughs> I'm non-committal is that what you're saying um <laughs> uh man yeah so that's my phobia Jeez. yours is of height and um both very scary yeah but I do want to skydive Would I've you, done that what okay no here's the wild okay, thing I need to hear this I was uh in my early 20s and I was going through this thing of like I don't want to be afraid but I was so very afraid of a lot of things, but I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyways. Yeah. And what I did, even though it, would, it came from a very good place, I think about it all the time, I was like, this was so dumb of me. I didn't tell anybody. I booked it like a month, two months out. Yeah. I was like 19, 20, and I was like, I'm just gonna go. And I did. I didn't tell anybody, and it was fine. It was wonderful. It was also a Groupon, which I extra should have told somebody, you know? Uh, and then I called my dad as I was driving. He was like, what'd you do today? I was like, I just skydived. And I think about that, and I'm like, that I should have, because if, if I if I did die, there was an accident. They're like, they're you know, they call the phone. They're like, Robert, your daughter just died. Oh no, what was she doing? Skydiving? Click. He'd be like, you're not scamming me today. Wow. It's not happening, you know. But it was amazing because the whole time, the like when I signed the waiver, you know, if yeah. you die, you can't sue us. <laughs> you know? Well, duh. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, how would I? <laughs> the car ride to the little plane, getting in the plane and take off. I was so nervous, but I like, I used all my childhood trauma and I started disassociating. And I was like, I'm only going to think about the fact that I'm actually doing this once I've jumped out of the plane and I cannot do anything about it. And so like, we're the guy, I was tandem to the guy and we're like, outside the like plane like we're hanging out the whole like land and the air is outside and i'm like looking at this <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like let's go yeah, 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 yeah. i was like i'm not gonna look at it and then we jumped out and it was amazing and thrilling and wonderful and i hope to never do it again wow yeah <laughs> how was the landing easy easy super easy how yeah. long did it take versus how long did it feel man i would say it probably took five to seven minutes. It wasn't long. And most of it was just kind of, once you let the parachute out, yeah. it felt minute and a half, you know, From quick. parachute deploying to landing? Uh, from jumping out of the plane oh. to landing. Okay. Yeah, it yeah, felt yeah, like yeah. a minute and a half, oh, two wow, minutes. Oh, wow, wow, that's yeah. quick. Yeah, man. just all the adrenaline. But you, you haven't gone yet. I, I've been wanting to do it. Do it. I will do it. Yes. Um, which is a good segue because I want to talk about uh, where this podcast is going. And I want to talk about uh, where Saturday Comedy Music Night is also going. It's oh, not going man. anywhere. It's going to stay in Sacramento. And we're going to continue to produce loving weekly Saturday mics here mm -hmm. at Front Street. Um, if you're ever in Sacramento, for my non-Sacramento audience, please come visit. It's a lovely area in Sacramento. It's called Old mm -hmm. Sacramento. It's right by the waterfront. And yep. um, Dennis McBride, who runs it, who's been on episode eight, go back, way back. Two parts. It's a two-parter. Two-parter. It's a two-parter, yeah. yeah. And um, we're going to continue this. And I have some news coming out about who's going to be hosting it. So keep your ears and eyes open for that. Mm -hmm. As far as Pombo Podcast, uh, this is, like I said, the season finale of season five. Um, I still remember my very first episode and even the thought process of 
how long am I going to do this for? And to me, I was like, I'm just going to take it as long as I stay inspired. Mm -hmm. And now, 107 episodes later, I'm just getting started, baby. And I'm going to take this thing uh, to L.A. Mm -hmm. And Palma Podcast is uh, going to get bigger and better. And and, uh, so you guys just wait and see what's coming with that. We'll still have our um, occasional uh, Zoom uh, interviews here and there for guests who aren't able to meet me, especially the ones I've had. I have a guest here from Portugal. Yo. I had an episode from Portugal. I literally, yeah. that was the earliest I had to wake up for a podcast. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. I have to yeah. look lively at like 9 a.m. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for, for him, it was like 7.30 p.m. or yeah. something like that. But that was a good episode. Um, check that out. His name was Nabil. Um, uh, he's, a, he's a doctor, medical professional, he likes to call it. And um, he had some great ideas about health. It was And, and it was a interesting discussion and i believe it was right at the beginning of the pandemic when we did that when we did that like episode and he had very um unique views and we have a dog in here it's actually your next guest i was warming the seat up yeah reading please uh so yes you're like the real season finale could you focus could you focus the camera of course so sorry i don't mean to take up your time uh rating is a great uh roaster by the way as well as a great comics but she has a very unique talent in roasting she actually has wardrobe for roasting it's annoying and amazing at the same time because none of the other comics think about that. <laughs> no, no, I have to, I have to give that to uh, Drew Schaefer and Josh Means. They, they both hosted a workshop yeah. at Laughs Unlimited yeah. about roasting because that is a whole other beast. Like obviously, stand up, hosting, roasting—they're different, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, they are. And Drew Schaefer talked about how it can be hacky doing some type of items. It can absolutely be hacky, but. If you do it correctly and not too much, because then it's kind of like you kind of get known for that. People can use that yeah. for roasting. Yeah. Then it could be like, you know, nice out the park. Yeah. And for that roast that I did, it was. And it was amazing. I He had such great hosts. It was uh, Lance Williams. Lance Williams. That's right. Mm-hmm. I've also roasted Lance Williams. I uh, was there for that. That <laughs> yeah. was uh, Alameda Comedy Club. Alameda Comedy Club. Yep. Um, Lance a great guy. Yeah, um, absolutely. But he did give me my only W in uh, in my roast, <laughs> so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, yeah, roast is it's fun. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what is it called? Uh, Bay Area uh, roast. Roast, roast area. Hold on. Roast Bay Area. I think it's roast called. Bay Area. Yeah. Roast, roast battle. Roast battle. Roast battle. battle Bay. Roast battle Bay Area. That's exactly it what is. it is. There it is. Yeah. Um, so look for that. They're taking actually over the nation now. They're going to. There's roast battle Bay Area being represented at the mothership. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I'm so proud right. of Josh. It's, I like, know it's amazing, man. One of the hardest working comps in Sacramento. That's truly, right. Hundred percent. Yeah. Josh, if you hear that, uh, pay us later for that compliment. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding he's broke he doesn't <laughs> shit <laughs> okay it's okay he's a roaster he can take it that's fair <laughs> that's fair <laughs> but um all right let's actually talk about you now um first of all your uh, social media plug away hi uh my social security number is yes. a good no my instagram is at Raydeen harborth uh r-a-e-d-e-n-e h-a-r-b-o-r-t it's right there h as you see there it is. Give her a follow. Uh, Instagram. The, You're mostly active on Instagram. It, Instagram is like the only thing I have. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I yeah. want to. I want to get into TikTok more. I just also like. I'm enjoying just being a stand-up comic and yeah. like 
you know, there's comics who have talked about like the business part of it and how like they don't enjoy the social media kind of like what it does, what it doesn't do. There's this whole thing about, you know, Matt Rife is very topical right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I feel like before I even have an opinion on like social media, like I just want to enjoy making material, you know, and I do. I enjoy the material, of course, Sacramento comedy community. I'm incredibly passionate about, I think, for what we all do and for the community we have, untouchable. Yeah. You know, and that does not to say like, other communities don't have that or can't have it, but to be a part of it, it's magical. It is. You know, so no, um, I'm just on I'm just on Instagram. Um, I'll dabble into the other social medias and the business of it later, but right now, just Instagram. Okay, yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, IG, <laughs> yeah, I, it's hard to balance it all. I, yeah. and, and that's also the point of our uh, first topic here is balancing life. So, um, and and to touch on the Matt Rife situation, mm. <laughs> I like him. Mm-hmm. I think he's, I mean, I know he's like polarizing right now. Like right. There's some comics. Who Truly, are, I don't understand what, like I Googled him. I was like, I was like, Matt Rife. Yeah. Nothing came up. I was like, Matt Rife issue. Nothing came up. I was like, Matt Rife controversy. Yeah. Nothing came up. And I was like, Matt Rife touched a child? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I what hope the he didn't issue find no, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, he's just, what, he's very conventionally attractive. Right. And he's very successful and he's very young. Mm-hmm. And people are upset about that. Is, is that correct, what I'm understanding? I, I have the same understanding. So, okay. and to me is uh, that's not even him, mm. right? That's something internal for yeah. for whoever. Right. It doesn't even have to be just comics, like whoever. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, anyway, to me, I'm happy for the guy. Same. And, and you know, he's, if anything, like I'm trying to learn, like how is he doing it? Right? Exactly. Because right? yeah, yeah, the looks and all that aside, like that's not gonna get you there. Like, yeah. He's putting in the work. Mm-hmm. He's already had two specials on youtube right good stuff and yeah and he's got the backing of like some of the great comics out in la you know so to me it's like yeah. he's doing something right right, right? and yeah. it's working so let's let's actually study and then learn from him absolutely and, and he's funny i think he's hilarious I've, so. i haven't watched his stuff yet i've been meaning to yeah he Just was here like, at laughs was he really yeah he had like three nights here when was this recent yeah like a, within a month ago yeah Jeez. i know i, I didn't get to go because it was sold out obviously so Bet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he's uh, check him out. He's great. We'll do. Um, I like how we want to talk about you, but we keep going. <laughs> um, <laughs> so your first year of comedy, you managed an Airbnb. Used to just finished it. Oh my word! It was uh, people were just a nightmare. There were nightmares. I'm sure as you know, just existing. Yeah. Then they're in your home, and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> um, I think the worst thing I ever since you asked. The no, no, thing, go, go, go. The worst thing I had to deal with uh, were this this guests that stayed for a week, and then they left, and they were very polite, very nice. You know, the whole week, um, and then I walk in and like literally gagged at the smell the smell hit me first i didn't even see the mess and then i went in and it took me quite literally like six to seven hours of like going over everything to clean it up i emptied three gallons of what i think is human pee oh no oh three gallons three gallons three milk how long are they there a week a A week that's a lot I was like, geez. So was it like a bet or some shit they did? I have no idea what it was. I, I just know it was something that I had to get ready for because there was a guest coming in the next day and oh I didn't God. want to deal with any of this. It was it was a frustrating situation because they were so nice and polite and then they quite literally like, oh yeah, they also I think had a small dog in there because there was quite literal shit oh in no. the corner. <laughs> so like, they were like, oh, thank you so much. We had such a good stay. And then they quite literally shit in the room. I was like, I don't know how to do. I hope do. it looked like dog shit and not 
It did look like dog okay, shit. Good. Yeah, right. but regardless, it's just one of those things that's like, you, you, there's no way you left this room and don't see what I see. Wow. Yeah. Man. What can you do? No, yeah. no, no, no wonder you left the, <laughs> yeah. the, the job. I'm grateful because it had me on like 24-7, you know, just like customer yeah. service. If someone needed something, if, so, if, if a guest had a last minute check-in, you know. So like whenever I left my house every day, I have like three rooms that I managed. And like every room had to be clean. The bedding had to be washed. Laundry had to be done. The room had to be set up. The rest of the house that the guests had access to had to be set up. And then on top of that, like if a guest has a last minute check-in, they're having issues. There's an issue with the neighborhood. Like... Which is, there's just things that are out of my control sometimes where they're like, there's thunder and it's loud. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, it's just so mostly, I mean, I'm sure you know with like customer service, it's just pandering to people's feelings. So yeah. I was just kind of like dealing with that. And then sometimes I remember specifically I was hosting at Stab and like I'd be like, give it up for this next comic. And I'd throw them up there and then I'd like text this person that like I'm trying to deal with something there. Man. Yeah, dude, so, that is that is balancing. Did you come up with any material from those that horrific? Uh, I've I've got there's so much. Like I remember there was even one one person. She just cracks me up. She was there for two nights, and you always know that the kind of like Airbnb hosts like red flags you get from guests, which is like not everyone. So like there's definitely circumstances and people where like this happens. But when a guest asks to check in early, that's one of the things where you're like, oh. Is this going to be someone? Because most guests who do it, or not most guests, a good amount of guests who do it just need to check in early. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. But the guests who insist on checking in early and like will not be flexible in any situation, oh it's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. So she checked in early, and usually I don't do that, but I was like, whatever, we'll do it. And she has this thing, apparently she has very sensitive hearing, super sensitive hearing. And so like, I couldn't have like the TV on during her stay, whatever, whatever, that's fine. Um, the issue that happened though, it was uh, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I think, well, oh yeah, it was kind of cold. So I put the heater on and she called, she, she messages me and she was like, did other guests check in early? I was like, no, uh, no, no, they didn't. She's like, oh, okay, why is the heater on? I was like, oh, I got a little cold, so I put it on. She's like, oh, why don't you put a sweater on? Wow. I was like, what? She was like, yeah, last night um, you had the AC going on and I didn't get my, I only got two hours and I never hit REM sleep. I read it a lot going over because I was like, there's no way this is happening. And I was like, I'm just going to have it on for a little bit longer. And since it's 2 p.m. in the afternoon, I just want to warm up the house. She's like, man, I really hope this doesn't turn into a big problem. And I was like, just, I was yeah. customer service. Yeah. I was like. Hey, well, if you have very sensitive hearing, um, there's these three stores that are quite literally right across the road. If you want some earbuds, those will help. And then she's like, when I have earbuds in, like I can hear the pounding of my heartbeat. And I was just like, okay. She doesn't sound like she has a heart at all. <laughs> I don't so. even know. Airbnb, it's just, you get wild people. I'm That's sure, all. man. Yeah. To me, yeah, I don't know. No, it's a whole other thing, man. What can you do? So, well, congrats on getting your freedom back thank you <laughs> yeah. it's wonderful i see my children i go back to my home country it's a whole thing <laughs> she doesn't have children or a home oh thank god <laughs> <laughs> so man so uh you had to balance that with improv and comedy yeah and when did you when did you officially like say i'm going into stand-up and then improv or did improv come first it was stand-up first okay and for me, I always saw a benefit of, like, I, I, when I think of, like, you know, Robin Williams, yeah. for example. Well, you're wearing his shirt, so that's nice. I am, yeah. yeah. No, I stole it off his 
cold dead body. That's so rude. That's so. What's funny is we both are like we idolize. We're. <laughs> you know what it is like. I feel like both of you and I are like we're really nice people. Like we're like the first two people. We're like I remember very specifically. I was at Jess Harding's show at a uh, Touchstone, and she was putting stuff away. And I was like, "Can I help you put the table away? What can I, can I put? Yeah. Can I? You know? Yeah. Like, but then we get a mic in front of us. We're like, lit. Just fire, um, fire coming out. Exactly. But <laughs> yeah. with with Rob with Robin Williams, like he is obviously an incredible stand-up comic and no one's ever should ever i think you know argue that but before he was a stand-up comic he was an incredible actor yeah. you know he was a shakespearean taught julius Ju not julius what's it julie juilliard juilliard he yeah. was juilliard taught graduate yeah, like yeah, yeah. and then he just got into stand-up because he was waiting he was in between acting jobs yeah. so for me like i think for stand-up i think it's very it's not in the margins of the masses where you can just pursue stand-up purely and become a stand-up like there's got to be it's in your benefit to have tools from elsewhere yeah, yeah. and for me like i think having improv has been such a benefit because one i actually so enjoy improv it's inc i mean you do improv yeah, yeah it's it's amazing tool just to be a part of it but then finding where like the crossroads to both improv and stand-up go hand in hand it's like crowd work thinking on your feet getting used to like getting away from your script yeah. things not sounding like a script and of course improv you know whose line is it anyway you see long form improv there's the schwartz on um netflix yeah. you see them being so funny but one of the golden rules that i've been taught is like don't be funny just right. be the thing right and the funny will happen 100 percent. like you're not so, don't push the funny follow the funny follow the laughter hit the tags you know pound yeah. out the fucking you know the pattern and everything but the I found it when I do improv, when I try to be funny and I'm like, go for like the comic thing, little response, yeah. barely any response. Yeah. But in improv, like. Because it feels forced. It does. And the audience is smarter. They, yes. They, yeah, they don't, they don't buy it when you're pushing, when you're selling it to them. Right. They'll buy it when you're just doing you. Yes. Yeah. And they're also there for improv. They're not there for your stand up. Yeah. They're not there for your comedy. They're yeah. there for improv and that's what also i'm so grateful for and i'm sure you can attest to is like improv has really helped me balance not to be a selfish comic because improv is about sharing the stage with everybody else yeah. you know it cannot be about you that doesn't make you a good improver that's not a it's not a healthy improver no one benefits from that you know but like learning how to just like give to your partners and give to your team in stand-up it helps me because it's like even though i'm on the stage for five minutes or ten minutes whatever it is I'm going to be off the stage and someone else is going to come up. Yep. We share the stage, we share the mic, yeah. you know. So that's been very helpful, you know, grounding. So it was first stand up and then I thought it would be very beneficial to do improv. Yeah. And so I si I signed up for improv classes at Comedy Spot. Comedy Spot. <laughs> yeah. No, dude. Uh it's true. I I one thing um it's a twofold thing. The mm. the positive I've gotten from improv and stand up is that improv is a little more obvious, but even in stand up is it's actually not golf. It's it's basketball. Stand up. Stand up. Okay. It's a team game. Mm. I'm saying, like you were, sure you were on stage one at a time, mm -hmm. but in stand up anyway, in improv it's different. But mm -hmm. in stand up you're under one at a time, but it's a team game because there's so many other factors that that if you're not um, responsible for or responsible to, yes, or if you're selfish. It can get you not booked. It can get you to be blacklisted. It can get you to be 
Labeled. Yes. You don't want to be labeled as a stand-up. Mm. You don't want to be labeled, honestly, in a good way or bad way. Like, mm. you don't want to be labeled because now you become a, Could, uh, a type not, cast. Not that I don't disagree with you, but just so I understand more. You said you don't want to be labeled as a stand-up. What do you mean by, by I, that one? I don't want to be labeled as... Like the guy who always runs the light, for example. Uh, oh, oh, you don't want to be labeled in stand up. I, I misheard. Yeah, 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 I misheard. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. okay. I, I don't want to. Well, not just me. I, I, yes. I'd like to think no, no comic wants that. But, yeah. And then also, you don't want to be labeled as like, oh, the guy who only jokes about A, B, and C. Right. Right. Like all right. His, his or her jokes are about that. Yeah. I, so that, but that's the part of the growth of it that I'm learning. Um, the other thing for me personally, is that's a challenge um everything you said i agree with improv has helped immensely and for me personally music performing as a you know younger yeah younger absolutely pedge, that really helped me with stage presence mm -hmm. and, and being able to move properly although the movements are subtly different from yeah. from singing yeah. but um i think for me what i'm learning right now because i do improv through second city mm -hmm. and we're in our uh conservatory and i'm like it's like this is my like eighth class um meaning eighth course that i'm a part of nice. in, in order that i've made, come through mm -hmm. but the bottom line is this i i see now some of the challenges is i put improv in one cubby and i put stand-up in another cubby yeah and then when i finish my improv duties mm -hmm. i come out of that cubby and i go into the stand-up cubby got it but I shouldn't have walls in between them. The that, same. Yeah, yes. I feel that sometimes. I'm like, yeah. okay, turn off improv, turn on stand-up. But the reality yeah. is both should be on. Yes. And especially in stand-up, improv should be on. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same where, like, I haven't... When I, when I see you do stand-up, I don't see a lot of your music yeah. side come yeah. through. And I totally get it. Where, like, I think you asked, you had asked me earlier, why don't I talk about Airbnb stuff? Yeah. I think because it's, like, it's my reality. Yeah. So, like, to then go to, like, my like my sanctuary yeah. and to bring that in, it's kind of like, I don't want to bring... It's obviously great material, and there's, there's going to be a time to bring it in. Yeah. I don't want that to be that right now. Yeah. But all of that to say, I think, with you being a music teacher, I haven't seen you bring that tool in yeah. or yeah. that material in. But I think it would be... Who better to talk about music, anything, than an actual piano teacher? Yeah. You know, and you're trained in music. I mean, yeah. Dennis was telling me that you lived out in Washington and you took the train out to Carnegie Hall and slept on his hotel room yeah. floor just to, like, see him and took the train back. Like, yeah, the that's actually true, but uh, <laughs> I, I, he made me sleep on the floor. So, and he's standing right there. So, if you ever follow him. <laughs> Please DM him and say how rude that was. To, to Venmo you, what was your handle for Venmo? <laughs> yeah. At Dennis. This is... <laughs> By the way, follow. <laughs> follow. You switched a QR code from Front Street to back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pay for my back uh, bills that yep. I have to pay for. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was an amazing time, by the way, going to Carnegie Hall. Mm -hmm. But you're right. It's... um, I think you bring up uh, jokes about a topic that is real to you when you've healed from it. Yeah. And that's that's hard. Or healing. That's that's the hard one. I think is when you're healing yeah. and like, I've got. We were talking. I've seen comics come up, and they haven't healed yet. Uh, and they talk about it yeah. like it just happened a week ago, and I've seen they get through it. It's either not not hitting mm. because people feel they feel funny and right. they feel serious. It's right. it's an energy thing. Mm -hmm. It's not even if you're smiling or not. It's it's you it's, pick it up. Yeah, you pick it up. Yes. So like, I've had I've seen comics like literally leave the stage in tears yeah it's too much you know what if i could draw a parallel to that i think it's interesting that that similar thing 
also happens in roasting. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. there, there's, oh. there's people like they'll, they'll, there's comics who go up and I felt it and I've seen it where they'll go up and they're like ready to roast and then they receive the roast. They're like, I don't like this. And there is no, no slight or no shadow onto their feelings. Like apps. It's hard yeah. people being up there and like, gosh, who was it? I think, I think it was Marcian. Yeah. Marcian roasted me on my hairline. And I've never once thought about my hairline in my entire life. I knew I it was a widow's that. peak. Yeah. I didn't know how severe it was. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was clinical. Um, but he had said he is like, Radina, something like, Radina has a happy trail on her forehead, <laughs> which yeah. is so good. Yeah. You know, but it's like, if you're not prepared for that, you know, and to receive those hits, especially in like, comedy is a sanctuary, stand up is a sanctuary yeah. in our community. And so to receive that from another community member, it's kind of like, I signed up for this, you know? But I'm glad you're telling me that. Mm. No, because that is, yeah, there is, a, there's a truth to that. There but is, yeah. there's also a benefit. Rain. Rain. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, there's also a benefit though, because if Marcian didn't point that out to me about my hairline, it's literally my opener now. Like that's what I do, and I've I've noticed a shift. And actually, but this, you healed. Well, no, I, I've noticed a shift in my comedy where, to plug another podcast, Love and Comedy Podcast. Yeah, Love and Comedy. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Pay us. Damn it. No. Um, Aurora, uh, she's also a co-host with her partner, Drew, on there. Drew, we spoke about earlier. Yeah. Aurora talks about how her comedy shifted, her, her set shifted when another comic, she went up there. And she came back and uh, she was like, she got advice from another comic who'd been doing a bit longer. And like he asked her, he was like, what are you? And she's like, oh, I'm a human. Um, and he was like, no, literally, like genetically, what are you? Because I spent half of my brain listening to your set and half of my brain trying to figure out what you are, you know, like where you're from. And I, she used it, I think, on her next set. And she noticed like people were like kind of able to check mark that off and then zone into her into her comedy, you know. And so for myself, like I just go up and I'm like, guys, I have a oh, no, I'm so sorry. I miss I miss said what Marcian said. He didn't tell me Lexi. Lexi told me about the happy trail. Marcian said I have a receding and ascending hairline. Yeah. Which is, yeah. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> Jeez. But respectfully, oh, true. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've mailed that. Alcohol and saying. Yeah. See what you're missing when you're not here? You we got a party all day on Saturdays. All right. The music comes out. Yeah. Pej is actually going to twerk right now. Throw it back. <laughs> Don't do that ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was it? So I've used that now for my set where yeah. roasting is so helpful to get other people's perspective directly, especially from a comics perspective who does this, where they're like, this is this thing of you and this is why it's funny, uh -huh. you know? Um, so I've used that in my set and I've noticed like people well, you own it now. And they also, it gets the audience on your side where it's like, we talk about uh, talking about things that are hurtful or, you know, you haven't healed from. Yeah. You've got to kind of get the, the, the audience on your side. Yeah. And one way to do that is to poke fun at yourself, be like, before I make you laugh at all these other things, here's how you can laugh at me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, dude. I think I've kind of just taken everything Aurora and Drew said in their, in their thing and I was like, Arr. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. but that's why it's a team game is what I'm saying, man. And it's yeah. not just when we're on stage because we're all... we're. Like the community here, and that's what I'm learning is, uh, we're all so hungry for this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. so, and and we're all sponges. Like we're trying to we're trying to soak it all in from the vets. 
truly. From, you know, and the vets are around to talk to us. 100%. That is amazing. You yeah. know, I just like every time like a vet comic or an older comic or even like someone who's been in this for two years, Tyler Cantu, yeah. who like talks to me or talks to anyone about this or puts out resources or is like, hey, go do this workshop. Hey, go to this thing. Hey, or on Facebook. Hey, comics for doing this. Be aware of this. It's like, geez, thank you, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Actually, speaking of Drew, he told me to sign up for the World Series of Comedy. Right. And I did that. Um, and though I didn't get to perform on it mm. they did uh the they, notes yeah they gave me the notes it oh was huge. my amazing and it was like well thought out like it yes. wasn't like just some bullshit like yes. it was like a full-ass excerpt from each of the judges mm -hmm. and they said there's more judges that are going to write on this and send it to you. i'm like that's amazing that it's yeah. indispensable amazing. because like stand up you can come up here and like absolutely you go to more mics you go up and you say your spiel and you yeah. say your set yeah. and you learn from that but it just like it's like little things like you know, it takes one person to be like, hey, do you know that you do this? Like for, I learned up in uh, stand-up 101 class at Comedy Spot. Yeah. <laughs> they, the first rule was take the mic out, put Move your mic stand behind yeah. you. And of course there's like, you know, exceptions to the rule, of right. course, make it work how you make it work as long as you make it work for you. But it's, it's those things of like, do you know you do this? Yeah. Would, it, would it help if you paused here? Yeah. And having vet comics take the time to talk to us, especially when we're like sponges, like, I just passed my first year. I'm pretty sure, like, you've been in this yeah. for, like, you know? Yeah, I how think was we kind of started around the same time. I started yeah. in, in uh, December of 21. December 21. So, yeah, that was so. about, th about three months before yeah. me then. Okay. Oh, did you go? Did you start with Anu about the same time, I feel like? I feel like we did. Yeah, she yeah, started yeah. in November, and I started in December. God. Yeah, I started at Laughs, but then... That's and, right. Which, that yeah. was your first mic, was uh, <laughs> yeah. the Pro-Am. Pro-Am? Yeah. It would have been this yeah, Pro-Am. Jeez. And what was that like? It was exactly what it should have been. <laughs> well, more so, I guess I'm wondering, what was it like to go to Laughs Comedy Club, which is one of the established comedy clubs here in Sacramento. That's right. And you had their Pro-Am, which is a full-on production. Yeah. And then to shift and adapt to the other open mics we have, like yeah. at Golden Bear or Luna's, yeah. you know, where yeah. it's not that it's not a full production, but the scale of it yeah. is a little bit downsized. Still the full experience. Yeah. What was that like to pivot from? I'll tell you, you know, uh, Ellis Rodriguez, who was the host that day. Damn, um, yeah. Yeah, I was lucky that that he was there because he he sandwiched the truth with love. Like mm. he was like, and he told me he grabbed. I remember vividly, and he might not even remember this as vividly as I do. Mm -hmm. But um, I went, I did my set, three minutes, got light, bam, mm -hmm. and then I come off stage, and after the show is done, he puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, Primo. I don't know if you're funny, but this is not where you start. Mm. He's like, go to all the other clubs mm -hmm. and then come back here. Damn. And I was like, and I didn't take that in any other way but like yes. love. Yes. Because I knew he meant well. Mm -hmm. Right? And now him and I are good friends. Yeah. Or, or at least I think so. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, who is this? Who? <laughs> Peach? <Block>. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, but that was amazing. So Ellis, uh, yeah. I appreciate you, man. But uh, that's the thing I feel like from from comics when you talk to people, you like we're we're newcomers, so coming into really the craft, yeah. obviously of stand up, but also like other people are working on this craft. So yeah. for them to tell you the truth straight up, yeah, respect that right. completely. Right. You know, like I had a comic recently just tell me some things of like, hey, you do this during your sets, and it's hard for your joke to fully hit because yeah. you do this. Yeah. And it was like, thank God for telling me this. Cause like, I'm just gonna watch it and go like, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, right, right, right. 
Why do you, you like know? drool when you're watching? <laughs> you know, because you're like, I can't believe I got on stage. Right, and right. it's like, I can't believe you got on stage and you keep on doing this goddamn shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's having having a vet, having an outsider's perspective or another person's perspective yeah. is so beneficial. And our community here does that, 100%. you know, which is incredible. So you know, true. so true. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, there's yeah, there's a lot. There's a few other stories I have that of comics, vet comics who've uh, told me. Like, mm -hmm. and, and to me, I need you to be straight up like yes if you pussyfoot around it like i might not learn right right because yeah. then i think you're complimenting me <laughs> right <laughs> like you do this thing and maybe you should thank you <laughs> thanks I'll, 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 I'll do it again <laughs> follow me <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like so naive Lord. but yeah 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 so it's been good so um so that's why i, I look forward to bad sets sometimes because you learn a lot more. Oh, I love yeah. I love bombing. I'm truly. not interested in like hitting homers right now. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, we shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. And if we do, that's a little fun gift, but like bombing is such a gift. It's, it is. <sighs> and yeah. when you when you when you let go of that emotion that attachment to mm -hmm. results. Because mm -hmm. it's not about the results, it's about the journey. And when you start to really get comfortable in that, mm -hmm. then then you really see the magic happen. Yeah. Like Subhas Sharma. Ah, oh, Subhas. <laughs> yeah. It's not funny. We plucked so <laughs> He's probably gonna come to the mic tonight. He's I love. He's Subhas. one of our favorites because he mm -hmm. he shows me that he, like the grind and like yep. putting in the work. Yes. I respect that man, man. He yeah. does it every day. And, you know, like, he has a full family, by the way, which we've never seen. So it's probably hidden in a basement. Maybe held hostage, you yeah, know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he sent them to the Everest. That's <laughs> Nepal. Yeah. <laughs> but, Subhas. Um, no, I feel like Subhas and Stephen Ferris very much like... 100%. They're, they've, they're in the same lane as far as, like, Stephen Ferris. I have seen him do a set where the audience doesn't get it. Yeah. And so they don't respond. And then I've seen a set where a comic was laughing so hard he threw up yeah you know yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. i get that every time i see stephen ferris i'm like i am i cannot hold this in That's this right. is because it's just the way he continuously oh it's incredible and that's the same with subas where it's like you cannot copy what they do you can learn from it you can absolutely learn from it but the lane that they're in that's theirs we yeah. can't be there right. you know oh it's amazing it's amazing stephen yeah. ferris by the way also has been on this podcast. Stephen Ferris. Uh, his episode is in the 80s. And sorry, Stephen, for not remembering. I think it's 83 or 84. Mm. So check it out. Um, all right. Let's touch on some of these pointers that you sure. wanted to hit on. Um, Co-hosting. Yes. Um, well, now you do that here. But you've also been doing that at Golden Bear. Mm -hmm. um, comedy Spot. Comedy you got Spot. To be, That's to host new. That. That oh, my God. That was so awesome. Ugh. Yeah, that was fun. Um, Just grateful man but Just see that's grateful. proof man that's proof like we all have our strengths right we all mm. have our strengths and weaknesses of course but like i think one of the comics told me he's like always um lean on your strengths when you're on stage whether you're hosting you're mm -hmm. roasting or you're just doing stand-up right or improv mm -hmm. but while you're leaning on your strengths you work on your weaknesses mm. right and he's like it's like don't abandon the strengths because you you suck here so you want to just focus on this right it's like now you suck. <laughs> now you just suck. Right? Yeah. You know? so it's, like, yeah. it's like play the game is basically what I got. Absolutely. You know? I remember watching the uh, 
Jerry Seinfeld documentary from like 2002, 2001, that one. And he talked about where he had just, I think, closed his show, you Mm -hmm. know, did the eight series seasons. And then he was hitting the road again for stand-up. And he talked about like, he's like, oh, I did a rookie mistake where I opened up with new material, you know? And it's like stuff like that where it's like, it's counterintuitive. You would think that like, let me do my new material, get that out the way, try it out, and then go to my old material. It's like, because we, I feel like the instinct is to end on a big laugh, obviously. But also, it's like to work up to that big laugh, you kind of want to, again, get the audience on your side, do the stuff that works, then do the new material. So true. You know, so. So true. And and your strength is hosting, uh, one of them. I like to yell at people. That's, Thank you. She's abusive. <laughs> um, if uh, you hear this, please, the address is. There's uh, a reason this is a public place. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> with, with multiple exits. Yeah. She was trying to come to my parents' house. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> we're good. My parents are gonna bring out like you know engagement shit, and I'm like, it's gonna be confusing. Like they don't I'm understand. I'm gay. Me. <laughs> They're like, what? they won't understand that you know. Yeah. I can have friends that are also not girlfriends. <laughs> and not cheating. No, I think what's true. <laughs> no, no, truly, this is a this is a real thing. I am a gay woman. I absolutely am. Um, but I am in a super heterosexual relationship, and with a oh, very yeah. with a super heterosexual man. Like, okay. very straight. Yeah. So I don't know if that, like, lessens my gay points. You know what I mean? I mean, who am I to judge? So you That's know, fair. You're right. I, I don't know. It just, it cracks me up because it's like my whole family, like, kind of were encouraging me to come out. Yeah. You know? But I was like, no, I'm Christian. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. So and also, like, I also, I feel like at the time, my daddy issues were bigger than my mommy issues. So I didn't get like the full chance to develop my gayness. And then my mommy issues became bigger than my daddy issues. And then I became gay mm. or was, you know, inflated. Yeah, gay. I yeah. don't know what you would say. I don't know. It's, <laughs> this is your month. So you you have fun with it. Thank that. you. Yeah, yeah. I get half. It's a 50-50 custody with all the other gay people. Okay. Thank you. I don't know if that's the math, but okay. <laughs> that's not the right, uh, but that's fine. I, I understand. <laughs> I, I think we're on the same page. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> but hosting. Yes, hosting. You host. You host here. That's right. That's I am um, Front Street. Uh, it's it's my baby. It's week 40, man. Week 40. Well, 40. how many trimesters is that? Is that not yeah, a third we trimester? Definitely, we're already working on the second child. That's basically what I'm saying. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so 40 weeks. Uh, and it's been not skipped a beat. We haven't skipped one Saturday. Wow. So that's 40 straight Saturdays. And you didn't you start... In the summer or in the yeah. fall? We start in August. Jeez. Last Raining, August. freezing. I yeah. remember y'all had a heater here. We yeah. had we mm-hmm. had a show here on Christmas Day. Wow. We had a show here um, Thanksgiving. Nice. We had Halloween. Nice. Like we hit and we like decorated, like we tried to go all out. Yeah. Our, and, and and again, I I'm not at your level where I'm hosting at like all these different venues. Like you you're at Comedy Spot, Stab, Golden Bear, uh, I love for you to be here as much as you want. Um, it's like, I kind of just, I, I don't know. I feel like I, my brain doesn't work well when it's split too many ways. Mm. So like, for me, I, I want to just put all of my eggs in one. Right. Right? Right. Not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like, that's kind of how I can function better. But also like, it is such a successful mic. And it's such an incredible venue run by incredible individuals, yeah. you know? So it, it, it's made, and I feel like the places where I co-host, there is a group collaborative mm-hmm. where it's like here, it's like, it's really you and Dennis, yeah. you know? Yeah. He, 
he meticulously walked by right when he said his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's been. He's like, I don't want it, but yeah, I got it. Like, Finally, you guys plugging all these other people. Yep. No. Um, yeah. So, I guess we can, um, and we did touch on uh, a little bit on your personal life growing mm -hmm. up and all that, and, mm -hmm. and feel free to talk on that as much sure. as you'd like. But um, how has it been going from a trauma-filled upbringing mm -hmm. to then pursuing this and then also being able to fucking keep your chicken healthy yeah right to be able to do this consistently it's been very beneficial because i feel like growing up in a traumatic household and like childhood and upbringing and all that it's kind of nurtured me for adverse situations okay. you know like it's so silly but yeah uh, i've <laughs> never seen the movie but I know the quote where like Bane is talking to Batman, mm -hmm. they're not buddies, yeah. something's going down. And um, Batman like shuts off the lights or something. Yeah, and then yeah, Bane's yeah. like, Batman, you fool, you play in the dark. I grew up in the dark. And like, oh, yeah. that's always really spoken to me. Cause like, I did not, it was, it was not like, I was never physically abused, yeah. emotionally, mentally, absolutely. And that did have a toll on me physically, you know, but like very neglected. Um, the adults in my life, any opportunity where they could kind of stand up for me or take care of me in my as a child, they would always choose themselves and their happiness. Even if it wasn't didn't make them happy, they just wouldn't. Yeah. You know, and that's was very difficult and not <laughs> to get dark. No, no. But like I grew up uh never I wouldn't say I, I was suicidal, but more suicide romanticization but i still think that qualifies as suicidal sure, sure. you know um and i never did because i was like one of these days i'm gonna get out of here and i'm gonna live a fucking great life you know and so it's kind of that but where's what, here out out of this this situation would not happen nice, anymore nice. you know and it, they it, i would put myself around people and in environments where they would support me and themselves you know, I, I didn't see why those all couldn't happen, okay. per se. But it's funny to me, because recently I was like looking back and I was like, man, all those days where I wanted to kill myself because things were so terrible, I was right. Like, <laughs> like if I did kill myself, I, like in the ether, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. That, <laughs> that makes sense. So you with know? that, you didn't. Somehow no. or some way it didn't happen. Yeah. And do you believe everything happens for a reason? I think that every opportunity given, you can turn it into anything you want. Like I, there's there's this little math thing that's like, what is it? The uh, property of equality, uh -huh. and it's uh, you have those brackets, right? You have those little, you have the curved brackets, yeah. then you have those hard brackets, yeah. and the hard brackets, the rule is, uh, you can throw any number you want in there. It's always going to end up positive. It's so, for example, like you could throw in negative five hundred. Yeah. It's going to be positive five hundred, and it's based on the example of like, if I travel five miles to the store and five miles back. I didn't travel negative five miles back. I traveled five miles and yeah. five miles. Yeah. And so for me, I look at it where to say, does everything happen for a reason? I think if you're aware of it, so for this property of equality, all the really shitty, terrible things that, that you know the guardians around me did and said, didn't say, didn't do, I just look at it like all the universe was showing me was the scope of what things could be, you know, like, yeah, on one hand, this is terrible, and this is this is is at some point even unforgivable, you know. But on the other hand, you can accept it, you can move forward, and you can understand that you were just a child when that happened. That was out of your control, 
and you were there, they did that because they're a bad person. They're a bully. That's what they did. That doesn't have any impact or, or perspective on you. You know what I mean? But that takes that takes a lot of poise. That yeah. takes a lot of depth to be able to separate that. So I want to commend you, first Thank of you. all, Thank for, you. for being able to be like, okay, and literally like break it down to just breaking it down logically when mm -hmm. you were directly impacted mm -hmm. so that not everyone can do that mm -hmm. so like i hope people are listening and if they're dealing with their own uh trauma and and, and they can see ratings and hear ratings story and, and and find some inspiration from the 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 fight and mm -hmm. and and and, the, and in all of that mm -hmm. you were able to find your calling in comedy Oh, man. No, like that is that in itself is like there's multiple rare things that you're doing. Is what mm -hmm. I want you to know. Like, I have I have uh, multiple friends who are dealing with depression right now because they're in a career they hate. Uh, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they know it. Mm -hmm. But it's like I'm here. I spent 12 years to get here. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So, like, to them, it's like those twelve years are more valuable than the next thirty years. Exactly. They're like, I spent twelve years to get here, so I'm gonna spend the next twelve years what working and denying that you're not happy. You know, and it, it makes sense where it's like, oh, you can't just like. I understand the argument where people are like, oh, but I can't just throw everything away and like I can't just live my life on a whim. No, not at all. You don't have to do that at all. Yeah. But also, like, the truth of the matter is, you literally could die any day. That's it. You know, and you that is out of your control, and you'll never know. And when it happens, like, I hope you're never in a situation where you do know. You know, right. the abyss of the water. <laughs> you know, but it's also a thing of just you know. You don't have to, I think there's there's this self-sabotage, this self-torture, this self-punishment yeah. that people put themselves on where they're like, I don't deserve to be happy. Happiness is for other people. I just cope. Yeah. And it, it, I think it comes down to, I, I've had this, this thought I've kind of been throwing in my brain where it's like, I wonder what, if I ever do, if people's comedies, people's sets, people's stand-ups, how we think of comedy, what we do is really a replication of relationships and times we're trying to like revive yeah you know what yeah, i mean yeah. and so i i think in people's lives you know what relationship as a child as a teenager as a young adult what what relationship are you cycling yourself through and not fully healing through or allowing yourself to push past yeah. you know yeah it's it's, it's just, a challenge it, it's, oh yeah it's um it's and there's real tragedy there's like my my nephew passed away in my senior year of high school mm. um there's actually a little bit of a funny story and it's not it's funny because it's like so ironic um he passed away my senior year of high school and when i was practicing christianity um i went to uh jesus culture summer camp i was like huge christian okay. i didn't cuss at all during um yeah high school like yeah. four like nothing yeah. nothing you know and i went to uh so, to after, the summer after when he passed and uh i was in worship and i just a lot of emotions came up and i started crying and i was like 17 and this 13 year old boy this 12 year old boy came up to me and he was like what's wrong and i was like i don't want to get into it i was just like oh i'm just thinking about my nephew you know and he goes oh okay and then he fucks off and then he comes back, <laughs> he's like, God just spoke to me. He just wants me to tell you, your nephew's going to live a long life and he's going to be okay. <laughs> oh my God. And I look at this man, this little boy, and I'm like, 
Thank you. <laughs> All that. What was the point of this? Oh, real tragedy, real yeah, trauma. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I've seen, you know, individuals be in 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 grief and in yeah. bereavement and I, real 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 trauma. Ooh, and I'm not saying there isn't, but like stuff where that that people absolutely have a reason to be heavy about. There is no slight and there's no shame and there's no arrogance in saying I accept this for life as it is yeah. and in in not in spite of that but in love and in respect of that I'm going to allow myself to fully heal as much as I can yeah. and to continue to do so and to live a life worth living for myself on my terms and that's hard that is you know well it's beyond hard it's uh it's perspective in the long term, I feel. It's also counterintuitive. It is counterintuitive. You know? Yeah. I think uh, it's... I I feel like the the biggest thing with unexpected passings mm-hmm. of close family members, especially the young, when they're young, mm-hmm. is, uh, is it's, it can be a lifelong of why. Mm-hmm. Right? It can be mm-hmm. a lifelong of why and I need answers. Yes. And that can drive you into a very scary place. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Um, and it can it can make you want to end your own life. Mm-hmm. It can. Yeah. But it's all because we don't know. Mm. And it's all because we don't know what happens on the other side. Mm-hmm. Right. And we treat this side as a, as as a gift. Yeah. More so than the other side. Some, and it's subconscious. Yeah. And like, if I ask you, like, what do you think happened? You might say, I don't know, but mm. it, it, it must be better than here. Mm-hmm. Or it could be better than here. Right. Right? Depends on how you... Again, it's perspective is why I said it. Yeah. Because everybody's living a perspective. And some perspectives are shared. Mm-hmm. And that's what causes social norms. Right? And some perspectives are more for me and mm-hmm. for you. And we don't share those as often. Right. right. But I think we should because mm-hmm. it actually opens up our brains absolutely right yeah like you grow you practice christianity right mm-hmm. i i practice baha'i faith uh, as a teenager growing mm-hmm. into my 20s up until like 25 mm-hmm. and it was like and while i was in it i thought i had all the answers through through that through mm-hmm. that lane yeah but i didn't see it as a lane i saw it as the way yeah you saw it like this right tunnel vision. when it's this exact oh my god <laughs> dude <laughs> I was about to end this thing. What? <laughs> now it's like we gotta go another hour. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Yeah. And this also equals equals. For those listening, I held my hands up. Um, I don't even parallel to my face, yeah. and then I flipped them perpendicular. Oh my god! <laughs> so you don't even have a mouth. Then you don't. <laughs> this whole time, just yeah. with my eyes. Yeah. She, she's mute, guys. I, I do want to <laughs> say though, I think. The things that you had mentioned where like it drives you to a certain place yeah. it, it, it it's why all these things that part of me i still fully feel not obviously not when it first impacted yeah. me and continued yeah, yeah. to but i just accepted that i'm never going to know i'm never gonna know i'm never gonna understand it it's just not gonna happen and so i fully let myself feel those feelings i try not to deflect those feelings you know like for example with with trauma and with 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 my upbringing and like um you know why didn't these adults do this i uh, can look at like obviously internalized with my parents i can like look at my mother who like she grew up um 
suppressed or oppressed by the government in South Africa in Wentworth, one of the mm. most dangerous neighborhoods at the time, mm. you know. Uh, Is that during apartheid? During apartheid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so that's, she grew up with that. And so for her, she has a certain thing for herself she hasn't healed that when she sees me, as much as she's happy that I have this freedom that I can only assume she's happy for me. Uh, my mom tried to sue me in December. She's a wild card. Yeah. And I represented her. <laughs> <laughs> and I fucked your dad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. so, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's why you can't come to my parents' house. <laughs> my mom hates you. No. <laughs> <laughs> really? I thought she was great in bed. Sorry. So, but all this to say with, with, with my mom, I can look at it and I can internalize that as an individual, her set, herself set outside as, as what I know her as my relationship as my mom, she is going through it. And so having a child, it's very triggering for her to see me happy because of her inner child who may feel jealousy or like she's been slighted and how not fair it is, yeah. you know? Um, but then I can also look at it like, but as a child that was unjust that was not right. I'm your kid. I didn't do anything to do this. I'm not an outlet. You know, mm. you can't use relationships or people mm. as an outlet. Yeah. You know, I mean, take up stand up. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's, it's things where I think both can exist. I think you can be irrevocably upset and pissed and angry yeah. and just shitty. And you can also be happy. It's a choice. Ultimately, it's a choice. Some choices are harder than others, yeah. but it's a choice. It's a, and it's not just a choice like I accept all terms and conditions, except it's a choice yes today, yes tomorrow, yeah. yes the day after. Yeah. It's consistently making a deliberate choice until like we get up. Like, I mean, you can even draw a parallel to comedy for your comedy yeah. podcast. Yeah. You know, there's things where we are so aware of ourselves, the first few mics, and we're looking at people and all this, and then oh, suddenly man. we're thinking pauses, and we're thinking like, what is this stance do yeah. little things that that'll become what we're so macro are now micro and we can build a foundation upon that you know that's why that's why this takes time mm. that's why getting becoming great at, at, at stand-up takes time and to do the time yeah. you know why do, it's like do it. yeah that's there's no what, shortcuts there's no shortcuts yeah. but like that's what i i enjoy so much where like we talked about bombing earlier where it's like yeah if you're bombing you're on the right path you're doing the thing like I have this, this thing I tell myself where it's like, I'm going to be a working comic a lot longer until I'm a paid comic. Yeah. And I'm going to be a paid comic a lot longer until I'm paid for the work I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and like in stand-up, in arts, like that's just... Yeah. You see it all the time growing up, like watching your heroes on, in stand-up or, or even other ventures that are similar in past. Mm -hmm. They all talk about it. You got to pay your dues. You got to pay your dues. You've got to. And, and we're literally in it. Yep. Right? And... and it's um i'm happy to mm. right and again um when i made the decision at 33 to do this right because at 23 i was you know not even close to uh where i was maturity wise to but you weren't ready for it then and that's okay and that's okay you know and that's my story and i know other people who do the same thing who started late exactly right? the I, love I, of stand-up late they just started uh a different, 30s, age, a, a different age a different stage yeah, a different time yeah, yeah. i mean look at lordis yeah. Lourdes Ione killing it. Oh, I love her. I love her so but much. It's things like the love of stand-up is no age required. It's timeless. It, it's timeless. Yeah. You know, yeah. anybody can. And you can always come back to it. You know, or, just, or just Joe King. He's another one. Joe he, King. Yeah, Joe King. Oh, you might, he, oh, wait, I know Joe. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 I know yeah, Joe. Yeah, yeah. 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 
He's definitely old. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, uh, he's, he's sweet. Yeah. He's a nice guy. But um, yeah, man, keep doing it. And, and, and to, to kind of wrap up this idea of our, our elders mm-hmm. and everything they dealt with yep. in the countries that they were. Right. And, and, and the human right violations that they had to endure. Mm-hmm. And in my country of Iran, they still do. Right now, currently. Uh, yeah, currently. Yeah. Um, and uh, that weighs on you mentally. And, and, and it has... Little... And that's the self-punishment. Yeah. 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 Long-lasting, long past. And by the way, mental health isn't a hot topic mm-hmm. in some parts of the world still. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, as much as you and I talk about it and we're, we're open to getting the help we need. Uh, that's not even thought about right right like and and that requires a cultural evolution i i would like to just kind of add on that where i feel like there's this this scope of topic that's like we have to talk about it more we need to discuss it absolutely also though i think it's a very natural thing for people to discuss it i think it comes down to like accessibility of resources and accessibility of knowledge give the people the knowledge they're gonna figure it out they don't need like you know they don't need a first world person like me sacramento being like believe in yourself (laughs) they they give them the knowledge to figure it out they have the intelligence they have the respect the dignity they'll figure it out so it's not just like you know Hashtag mental wellness yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. Mental wellness. Mental wellness. The <laughs> it's not just like you know. It's not just posting a hashtag. It's it's getting the resources in the people's hands. Yeah. You know, and that's what you do here at Front Street. You have this. I'm looking at it now. You yeah. have this whole setup for be the voice of Iran. You know, yeah. be the voice of them. Get them the resources. Yeah. It's still going on. By the way, they figured it out themselves. Yeah. The people inside of Iran. Uh, now almost eight months of it, um, they they've had enough. Forty four mm. years of oppression, mm-hmm. and they didn't it was. If I remember correctly, you were saying that when you were younger. Oh no, your sister was born before it, everything was implemented. You were born after. I was born after. She was born the year the, re- the first revolution happened. Yes, yeah. in yeah. seventy nine, mm-hmm. my sister was born. Not to age her, but I just did. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she doesn't listen to this anyway. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. So she was. Um, they, they call us the revolution, the children of revolution. So, like, it's basically everybody's born after 79. It's like, mm-hmm. including my sister. Like, it's, uh, we were revolution children. And now those children are at our age. Mm-hmm. And then their children and themselves are what's in the streets trying to fix Iran. Yeah. To take it back to what it was. Yeah. Or actually take it beyond what it was. Yes. Right? Because it, because back what it was, wasn't a per- good great solution either yes right it was hence why the there was enough people in the streets in 79 to overthrow the king mm-hmm. the king was much better than what they have now right right but monarchy system isn't what they want right right and so now that's what like all 80 most of the 80 million in iran are mm-hmm. in the streets most wow. which is insane and, and, and the minute it it passes a certain threshold of number there is actually a math they've done it's like if it passes like the 65% threshold, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a high enough percentage where if it happens, that government has no choice but to leave. Wow. Like it becomes unmanageable. Wow. Right? Yeah. So it's like, so like I, I'll use the ocean as, a, as an, like it becomes a phobia. It's mm. like, whoa, it's like a wave coming oh. and I don't have nearly as enough soldiers to battle that. It's mentally overpowering. It's too much. Yeah. It's But, but not just mentally, you also 
physically. Yes. Like they can literally shoot bullets and whatever's left is still going to overthrow them. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You can only, your, your gun is only going to have so many bullets. Exactly. And then what? I also think there's a mental, I mean, I don't know if this is like getting into like the psychology of it, but like the emotional capacity of like, how much can you shoot your gun as a soldier or whatever you're a part of and see the people yeah. of the country yeah. fall down to keep on doing yeah. it? It's, it's literally, you know? we are at that point now in this revolution now mm -hmm. where it's, uh, um, they literally, I just read this today. One of the um, guards of the IRGC mm -hmm. uh, flipped on them. He said, I'm, I've had enough. That was just today. It's been happening now right. for a while. Right. So you're right, though. Um, the, the morality, which is ironic because that's how this whole thing started. Mm -hmm. It was the morality police that killed Massa and Mini. Wow. Right? They call themselves the morality police. But it's all perspective, again. Right. And it's all bullshit. It's yeah. just a name to fool people. Yes. And that's the pro and that's the thing. The people in Iran are no longer fooled by, yes. by this smoke. Yep. It's a smoke and mirror thing. And it worked when they weren't educated. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you gotta think about this and then we don't uh, we can move on. But the the time this happened was when Khomeini, the original leader, came into the country. He was able to fool enough people because they were not educated. Right. He gave them an idea and they're like, That sounds great. He promised them right. the moon. Wow. Literally, like he promised them things that people were like, yeah, we want that. Right. Did he deliver on that? Absolutely not. Yeah. Immediately, as soon as he was able, he was granted entrance back into Iran because he was from Iran, but he was exiled in France. Right. So he comes in. There's footage of it, him coming into Iran again. And as soon as he comes in, he's like, I will, I, no. Like, and then the mm -hmm. reality sinked in. Right. And by this time, the, sh the Shah was already gone. And it was just like, all right, now we got to deal with this. The it's power. Like the power of yep. education is yes. what that means. And and the mistake, because these people in charge of this regime are ignorant mm -hmm. by choice. Mm -hmm. um, by choice. They are. Yes. Ignorant. It's ignorant by choice. Yep. Willingness. willing, Willful ignorance is the biggest crime to humanity because you are literally trying to stop evolution. Mm -hmm. Now, some argue is like that is part of your evolution. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Yeah. I, I, can, I can believe that. But the bottom line is the mistake they made is they were not they were only thinking about right now how much can i make right now money -wise, right. right short term short term yes they didn't realize they ignored the, the small little uh mistakes they made they ignored them mm -hmm. and those mistakes is what's causing them to go away now yes because those mistakes was you let people get educated you didn't shut down colleges and universities mm -hmm. right the taliban is doing it in afghanistan right now mm. they just cut education for women which is cruel obviously but they realized oh shit we're gonna get an iran situation right right but that's also temporary because by now they are educated enough right to, to be like okay you're gonna cut school out cool we're gonna march the streets too mm -hmm. and as soon as iran is free just watch what happens to afghanistan what happens to palestine what happens mm -hmm. to israel what happens to the middle east and eventually the whole world yeah because i'm pointing a bullet a gun at your head and you're like Okay, mm -hmm. I'd rather die than live in this yep. situation. Yeah, the fear is gone because it's replaced with information, and when yes. it's replaced with information, that be that becomes power. Yes, and, and now the leader can say whatever the fuck he wants. Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. I also think there's a power in like for people who say they're for the country, as far as like you know the what did you call it? Not the soldier. You used a different word. Oh, the guard. Guard. Yeah. So the people who 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 run that where 
if they're pointing a gun at someone, they're like, you know, and they believe themselves of that country, you know, and then they look at someone who, who is of the country and fighting for that country. And by the way, the people, no weapons. Damn. They're coming to the guns with hands. They're just like, hey. Literally their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and that'll affect you. There's such a mental fuck up where it's like, if you're going to kill someone, you're like, this is for the country. And they're like, no, you're not doing this for the country. You're doing this for your selfish reign. Yeah. I'm going to die for the country, yeah. which of course is a tragedy and also heroic, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and that has been the theme of mm -hmm. this whole season, season five. But I also feel, yeah. if I can say for yourself to kind of like, I think, I, I think it's kind of the tone of what this episode has been where yourself and everyone else from Iran, where everyone is fighting the battle in their own different ways. You're doing so here at Front Street Studio. Mm -hmm. You're talking about it on the podcast. You're always posting about it. Things that aren't currently available in Iran, you are able to take advantage of it and you shouldn't ever self-punish or self-doubt or self-guilt yourself for that Thank because you. they're fighting for yeah. what you have and as someone of that country and of the world, yeah. those are things you should have, you know? Yeah, no, you're, I've thought about that ad nauseum. It, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. And then I come to the same uh, point as you just mm -hmm. made is that, well, let me use what I have. Exactly. To get them. And, and, and the more we do it, and again, the media... You know that we all, and that's a whole other bag of worms. But the media mainstream is owned by people who are of specific interests that will make them the money. So back to square one: selfishness. Mm -hmm. And it's not about a better human world. It's mm -hmm. about better for you individually. Yes. Or you and your family. Right. right? And yeah, all of that is getting exposed. Yes. As a result yeah. of this revolution and smartphones, smartphones and the ability to research yeah right away mm -hmm. we don't need to go to the local library anymore like yeah. it's like oh i can just do it now yeah and that's put the power in the hands of the people so when i tell people listening to this or watching this we have the power because we have information at our fingertips literally mm -hmm. it's it's and everybody knows that but the right. thing is when you actually think about that you're like whoa if a dictatorship country is about to get its freedom, and mm -hmm. they will, Iran mm -hmm. will be free. Mm -hmm. um, the Shah didn't fight back as nearly as much mm -hmm. against the people when they asked for him to leave. But that took 15 months, and it wasn't even this much bloodbath. Right. These guys aren't interested in the people. They're interested in money, yeah. oil, and, and, and continuing to keep this country hostage. You really think they're going to leave without a fight? They're right. going to fight. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be alone. Yes. Because the the guards, they've been drugging the guards to, to be able to do what they're doing. I shame. But there's, it's getting exposed now right. that information is spread all over the world. So everything they do to be assholes. Yes. It's yeah. like oh fuck, like they're playing fucking Uno while Iranian real Iranians are playing chess. Yeah. Like they're like okay, you wanna you're gonna try to right. kill us with drugs, we're not gonna work. Watch your economy collapse even more. Boom. And they go on strike nationwide. And there's videos of it. Like every store in like 15 countries, 15 mm -hmm. uh, provinces. Damn. There's just videos of the whole thing. It's like a ghost town. Yeah. What are you going to do if you, there's no world connection that you depend on these people for yeah. and they're not going to do it? They're way smarter than your smartest guy. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, well, because the smartest guy, I think they, they think they're so clever where it's like you have people who are literally fighting for their lives they're fighting for as you say short term you know but iranians they're going for not just their lifetime on their four thousand years of history that and also they're thinking of themselves yeah. their children their yeah. children's children yeah. the 
future yeah. of Iran, yeah. you know? And they know that if they mm -hmm. allow this government to continue, there is no future. Exactly. They're literally destroying that country, literally. Mm -hmm. Like, they're giving away parts of it just mm -hmm. so that it becomes weaker and weaker. But it's all temporary, man. They, and, and so continue to be the voice of Iran and not just Iran, uh, be the voice of any oppressed nation. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there's a lot, high number of them. Uh, human rights is not uh, reserved to borders. Human, there are no borders. That's all made up. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just remember that. We made up these rules so that we can be comfortable, but the truth is uncomfortable. And, mm. and when we are able to face that, mm -hmm. like the people, the brave people of Iran, the brave people of Afghanistan, Palestine, uh, I put Palestine and Israel because they're the people on both sides are innocent. It's yeah. it's the governments of all of these that's making a bad name for those people. Mm. The, and humanity is realizing that it's back to these small groups of people who just want world domination and power right and no more it's all gonna end and it, we saw it we saw the change in south africa 1992 1992 Nelson Mandela. that's right Diva. that's right mm -hmm. one of the goats um <laughs> <laughs> i love that for world like revolution goat <laughs> for sure we are comics at the end <laughs> That means we can only be so smart. With it's true. Words. For so long, we can we can hold together. They were like, ah. uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh. This has been episode one hundred and seven, season five finale. Boom! I, <laughs> I couldn't have thought of anybody else to finish out this season um, than my good friend Radine. Radine, one more time. <laughs> She's so sweet. You see that? <laughs> Give uh, give your uh, Instagram handle again so people can follow you. Yo, you can find me at Instagram at Ray Dean Harbour. That's R A E D E N E H A R B O R T H. It should be up in a little pop up. Also, right. some very exciting news. Yeah. Okay, well first, okay. So I also co-host currently Comedy Spot, Golden Bear. Uh, Comedy Spots on Tuesdays, Golden Bears on Monday, mm -hmm. Stab uh, flips on Thursday and or Sundays. Yeah. Um, you can find me there. I always post when I'm going to be there. Super love it. Super grateful for the community and the opportunities. The exciting news, I got accepted today in my first festival. No way! Yes! <laughs> Which one? Which one? Uh, can you say? I, I think, so. okay, my, I can say my only fear in my brain is like that it's a scam, but I don't think it's a scam. Like, because I oh. checked, I've, like, five times check their website and like okay. my name's on well how about there. this don't say it confirm it and okay and let me know i'll say I'll... I'll say it's in burbank oh, which is hella fun which is gonna be where am I and it's be? and it's august hey so it's this is my first festival that i'm accepted into and i'm just i'm grateful for the opportunity to learn and to learn amongst my peers and my uppers yeah. and to become a better comic and ultimately a better person for the community you know so i'm really Oh, I cried. Oh, you should. I cried. You should cry. cry right now. No. <laughs> cry on camera. Okay. No. <laughs> um, dude, that's awesome. Thank Burbank, you. Um, which is a great segue to say the next episode of Fumble Podcast will be the premiere episode of season six. And you're going to see me in a whole different setting. Am I abandoning Sacramento? Of course yes. I am. <laughs> Absolutely. Jeez. Yeah, fuck these guys. No, um, no I am, I'm always going to be, Sacramento is always going to be home to me. I've lived uh, the longest in Sacramento out of all the time I've been in the U.S. Wow. And um, I hope that record stands at 20 years right now. I've been in Sacramento, 20 years. 
uh, and the Kings sucked as soon as I came, and now that I'm leaving, they're good again. So <laughs> but, they uh, hate you. <laughs> it was, I think it was me. Yeah. But but I'm fixing the problem. So anyway, uh, I'm gonna bring a little bit of Sacramento or a lot of Sacramento to LA. Uh, mm-hmm. I have big plans for my uh, my crew, my original comedy crew out here. Um, so stay tuned. There's big things coming yes. from the podcast, from mm-hmm. my comedy career, from mm-hmm. my acting career, true, from Sacramento as a whole. I'm putting them on the map as much as I can, and it all has to come from one place, and that's love. I love you guys for tuning in. I love you guys for uh, joining me for all five seasons. Check out any episode you've missed. Um, subscribe. Follow me, Pejdomaniac, on all social media. So Sweet. Heck yeah. I could do a little like host outro if you want. Do it. Okay, cool. Y'all, that's been your Fumble Podcast. Please give everybody, it's Paige the Maniac. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We'll catch you on season six. Dale, que no te veo, que no te veo, que no te veo.